Sunday pour. We are back on a Wednesday night. It's Trapped in Paradise night. Kicking off the Christmas season with a 90s Christmas comedy. Um, yeah, I revisited this one last week. Uh, I had seen it maybe a few years ago for the first time in a long time. Um, as I remember it, I would say it's, it's a, you know, B-level comedy, maybe C. No, <laughs> you're, you're rating a lot lower than I rate it. <laughs> <laughs> you're giving it an A-minus a- a- level comedy? No, it's at least, it's, wait, what'd you, what'd you give it? C? I said, I said I said B, but I, you yeah, can talk me into it. I think C. it's I think it's B plus. B. Okay. I mean, it's not like a classic classic, but it's a minor classic, and I think it holds up really well. Um, it's kind of like it's like this perfect point in time for that cast. It's uh, Nick Cage is you know the the most accomplished actor in that movie. Uh, so not at this point, though, really. Uh, no, no, he's got a ways to go to be Nicolas Cage that we know. But he's he's already in like, uh, what do you call it? Moonlight, right? Is that the Cher movie? Moonstruck, yeah. Moonstruck with Moonlight. Um, he's already been in some big movies at that point. But it's also like, this is the height of John Lovitz and Dana Carter. Like, those guys are never bigger than in 1994. No, no, Dana Carvey's already on the decline at this point. <laughs> Uh, and and I mean Lovitz, you know, he's on Seinfeld a year later. He, he's been in, you know, a League of Their Own was a couple years was a year early, and that's probably his best movie. Um, League was, of Their Own, League of Their Own. I would say, well, yeah, it's probably the best movie that he's that he's like has a has a serious role in. I was actually like I I I found myself watching this movie, and then I started looking up the actors and just yeah. taking notes on them as opposed to the movie. Yeah. I have the movie on right now in the background just for reference if I run out of things to talk about. But one of the things I actually wrote down about Lovitz is like, what is his movie? He doesn't, he's a sidekick. He doesn't really have a movie. No, he doesn't have a movie. No, he, he's just, I don't think he was ever the guy in SNL. Carvey, Dana Carvey is bigger than Lovitz. Yeah, because Carvey, like, yeah, he's Garth. He's a sidekick too, but that is like his. Like he's a main guy in that movie, but even on SNL, he he had bigger skits and like more famous skits than Lovitz. Like what's Lovitz's right. skit? <laughs> Carvey Carvey was a president. I'm pretty sure Lovitz only made it to governor. Right? It was he Dukakis? <laughs> That's a good call. That shows you right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Carvey had uh, the church lady. I mean, he had a he had a bunch of stuff. Obviously, Garth. And Leah Lovitz just kind of pops in here and there. He's a bit player on SNL, but I, I, I think ninety three to ninety five is when he was at his biggest. And he's at like, this is his, the height of his comedy powers in that movie. He, you, know, everybody, the three main characters, go hard for it the whole movie. Harvey creates this like doofus character, doofus like sweet character. Lovitz is the shyster. Just can't trust him. And Cage kind of knows this ridiculous movie, but he just goes all in. He just pushes all his chips in. And is this kind of maniac? I mean, whatever. It's got a dumb love story. Like, it doesn't make any sense, the love story. 
None. I don't know how that happens. It doesn't. There's no. It's just. It just happens because she's there and he's there, but he's not. He didn't do anything to deserve it. <laughs> really, really. Um, but they all, every scene, they, they, they go all in. Everybody does. Everybody does. Uh, the yeah. mother, like the like the mother, she's just she's fucking hysterical in this movie. Mother's good. Um, you have what's his face? Who's the um, fucking the guy's in Midnight Run? Also, is it Potter's his last name? What is he? John a- John Aston. He's one of like the, the uh, like rent the cops that's tracking him down. John. Oh, is he? Oh, he's the um. Like the local Bald guy. Movie? Wasn't he in Midnight Run also, like playing a similar ro- John role? Is that even his name? You talking about Richard Jenkins? No, no, Richard Jenkins. I know him. Six Good. feet under. Good. Well, we we could spend a minute on Richard Jenkins in a in a few. Oh, John Ashton. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. I'm pretty sure if I'm thinking of the right movie he was in. He was also in Midnight Run. He played a uh, bounty hunter is that what they were in that movie? There are bounty hunters in that movie, yes. Yeah, uh, is he in the Midnight Run? What year is that movie? I don't see it. Oh, yeah, he like was in Midnight Run, yeah, yeah, he was in Midnight Run. Yep, I swear to god, he plays like a similar, like just buffoon character in this movie. He's a That's... little, he's, t- he's taken a little more seriously in Midnight Run, but yeah, um. Yeah, like even like the Mr. Anderson, like Donald Moffat. There's a name like you don't know, but he's been in a bunch of stuff. Being a president, he was, the right stuff. He was Ford Frick, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in '61. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of names in this movie, and I, I mean, and and Richard Jenkins, who I what's what's his. Most famous movie Step Brothers probably is the father and Step Brothers. I mean, it depends. If you're a six feet under fan, he's the dead right. father. Right. Dies in the first episode. Yeah. Spoiler. He's he's around. He's around though. He hangs around. He's been in a, he's been in a ton of shit. A ton of shit. I guess Step Brothers would be those oh, are probably the two, Six Feet Under and Step Brothers. For for comedic stuff, Step Brothers. But those of us who were in the know in 1984 knew this guy was fucking hysterical. All right, so oh, let's yeah. let's let's lay it out because the the movie starts out for those you don't know who don't know or not going to watch it, whatever. I'm just, just going to fucking lay it out there for you because the plot doesn't make this movie. It's the it's the it's the way these guys behave, like the dumb shit they say, like the interactions between Lovitz and Cage and Carvey are fucking golden. It's basically. Uh, Lovitz and Carvey are in jail, which makes no sense. They don't like two guys that be in jail, they're, but they're eligible for parole because of overcrowding. Nick Cage is battling some demons. Their brother, oh, they're all brothers, by the way. Yep. Nick Cage is battling some demons. Doesn't want to be like his scumbag brothers. Goes to get them, and then you know hilarity and hijinks and crime ensue. The crime being this bank in paradise. Pennsylvania that Carvey and Lovitz heard about in jail. Yes. So so Lovitz and Lovitz basically cons Cage. That's a whole other story to go to Pennsylvania. And while they're there, 
they're like, well, we're here. We might as well rob it. Basically, that's essentially what happens. And it's a ridiculous robbery. They get they get stuck there. They get caught. They get they get stuck with the family, unknowingly. These three strangers come into town. It's like the president of the bank, right? Manager of the bank, right? They, yeah, they get to the president of the bank's house, who's letting them in because they're snowed in. Anyway, they rob the bank, and the local cops call in the feds or something, because all of a sudden they're the three guys rob a bank, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. They're helicoptering feds in. Oh, and it's snowing like shit right now. Apparently, there was no mention of the snowstorm coming in. Maybe they White did Christmas. Something. Maybe <laughs> yeah, it was just December. It's Christmas Eve, and they get the, so everybody gets snowed in in paradise, basically. But the feds are there for some reason to solve this small time, small town robbery. Like within hours, the feds get helicoptered in. That doesn't happen. But thank God not it does. Not in paradise. Thank, not in paradise, no. But thank God it does because it gives us Richard Jenkins in this movie, who's just a dry, angry fed. But he's fucking hysterical while he's doing it. Yeah, he's definitely a dry humor guy. Yeah. Not slapstick. He just, yeah, he really, uh, he's good. Yeah. Jenkins. Um, <clears throat> and Jenkins is, he's he's a Fed, right? He's not local. Yeah, they helicoptered him in. He's a Fed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Insane. That's how, that's how useless those local cops are. Yeah, fucking riding horses around town and shit. Deputy, his son is not not right in the head, and he's like second in command, basically. Yeah, he was the guy from Son of uh, Silence of the Lambs, the one that doesn't look right. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. he's like dissecting butterflies or something, or mm-hmm. yeah, working on, on dead bodies. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, yes. So it's a, it, it is a, it's a ridiculous premise. But I didn't realize, I mean, I guess I knew I was quoting some of these, but I quote this movie more than I realized on a regular basis. Really? What quotes? Well, like you, like I do what I do, you do what you do. That, that I knew. That's a Carvey one. Uh-huh. Where he's, he says it a couple of times in the movie. He's a getaway driver and Nick Cage gives him shit. And he's like, hey, you do what you do. I do what I do. And I was <laughs> like, it was a little thing. Uh Every Christmas, I do the the Lovitz Park, the Herald Angel sing. He does it when they're like they're in the president's house, and he's got to like distract Nick Cage from seeing the, the two guys TV. escape from prison. Yeah, right. Because that they're also getting chased by criminals as this is going on. The so guys who they gave him the inside tip on Paradise break out of prison. Right. Yeah. That's yes. I feel like going to like the B and C stories is just too much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, yeah. Well, they got to make them. They got to make them the good guys in one way or another. You know what I mean? I think right, th- that right. brings the, them back to like redeemable characters. Right, right, right. You need right, bigger. Right. You need bigger scumbags in the movie. Right. They kidnap the mother, bring her to paradise, bring her to paradise on the night baby Jesus was born. <laughs> Nick Cage ends up in the car with them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it tells him it shows shows a picture of the mother. It's it's ludicrous. It is ludicrous. It is a ludicrous story. It's, scallions. It's, it's, it's a comedy. It's got, it's got scallions. <laughs> um, uh, no, but yeah, and then 
liar, liar, pants on fire. Your nose is as long as a telephone wire. I do, I do that regularly, like to myself mostly. Wow. <laughs> but like these are the lines I knew. Like Hawk Terrell, interesting. I totally forgot it was from this movie. Like him, like doing the like, bopping around to it. Okay, maybe I just haven't seen this movie enough because there's no way I can quote it. Even I watched it last week and I can't quote it. I I, I watched this movie so many times when I, when I was a kid. It was on all the time, and I thought it was fucking hysterical. HBO probably. Yeah, yeah, not com- no commercials. <clears throat> yeah, no commercial, no editing. Uh the the Richard Jenkins line where they're uh, following the deputies, and they read the the uh, the plates D-U-H, and they're morons. So like D-U-H, like oh that's fitting. Like vanity, and he goes vanity. He, he, he's on the radio, and he goes uh, license plate DUH. And you can see him click off the radio, look to the guy next to him. He goes vanity plates, and then goes back on. He's like DUH three seven two nine or whatever. Like I do the vanity plates thing all the time, or like the just in the car, just whatever. Just I don't know why, but I'm like eh, vanity plates. <laughs> all right. Uh, what's your license plate? The. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, ridiculous premise. Um, I don't know. I like this is this is right before I feel like Cage becomes like a monster. Yeah. Let's see. Let's let's give Cage's rundown here where he was exactly because he's he is the star. Well, we said he did Moonstruck, right? And like, what else did he do? Raising Arizona, Coen Brothers movie. And um, not a huge movie at the time, but you know, now it's no. Cl- Peggy Sue got married. Was that that was big at the time, right? Teen comedy, kind of. I'm not sure how big it was, but it is an, it is one in the he'd been he'd been working. Oh, he's, he's you know, he's like he's a nephew of Francis Ford Coppola or something, so he'd been working pretty steady since '81, so like 13 years, but nothing huge. Honeymoon in Vegas. Garden well, I'm test. on Wikipedia right now, right? Yeah. So they're trying to, they basically break it down into three, three periods. 81 to 88, they break it down as early work and breakthrough. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're considering, I guess they consider Peggy Sue got married and raising Arizona and uh, what's the other one? Moonstruck. They consider those pretty big movies. Okay. All right, fine. And then they consider 89 to 94 a career slump, which they're saying was capped off by Trapped in Paradise. <laughs> so, <clears throat> what the fuck do they know? Trapped in Paradise, by the way, 5.9 stars on IMDb, which is ludicrous. Out of what? 10. 10? Okay. So, six, uh, well, six out of 10 is not the worst, but. No, six out of 10 is not bad. Yeah. I mean, face-off is 7.3, so you're talking it's one and a half points less than face-off, so not bad. And 95, yeah. so to, a year after Face off. Paradise. I watched face-off this weekend. I always, I've watched face-off so many times. His, it's always on. His run is pretty impressive after, like, right after Trapped in Paradise, there's a movie called Kiss of Death, which I've never heard of until just now. And then leaving Las Vegas, which he's nominated. Does he win an Oscar for leaving Las Vegas? He's nominated. Uh, he was nom. Wait, the role won Cage the Academy Award. For- oh, he did win the Academy Award for that. Wow. And people yeah. are saying people are saying his comeback 
started with Kiss of Death, it was seen by many critics as the film's strong point. Him personally, maybe not the movie wasn't great, but I mean, he was the strong point in Trapped in Paradise. So I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. We had to share the spotlight, though. He shared it, but he was the strong point. But he was the guy. He was the guy. That he guy, was that, the guy. It just show. It just that really it just shows. It's like it's kind of what Cage's career is. Is like you give him the script, and he's he's got no fear to go and do anything. Anything. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, I, I did. Like if you watch Cage up to this point with Trapped in Paradise, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody was predicting him becoming like a movie star. I've, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know what. There's no way be. people thought like The Rock, Face Off, like these Con Air. No one saw Con Air coming. He's all jacked and shit. <laughs> Fucking. There's no way people I, I saw that. I don't know. But I'm, I mean, again, like. The 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 um the willingness to like get a little nuts with a role and make it because he's got a, he's got a a personality stamped on any character he plays. So if you're like you might see that 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 budding in this uh, in this movie. I don't know if it's budding because I really don't know much about his eighties career. Well, his but, 80s career was, I think, the movies we mentioned, basically. I mean, well, I mean, I guess a bunch. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know him. I can't speak, like, for the characters. I really don't know what the characters were. And he did some movie with Sean Penn, Racing with the Moon. Uh, they were played Marines. The Cotton Club, which was a Coppola movie. wonder how he got that role. <laughs> Fictionalized <laughs> version of Vincent Mad Dog Cole, some mobster, mob hitman. Yeah, Con Club is that like it's like Richard Pryor in that movie, or not Richard Pryor? Um, uh, not Richard Pryor. The fuck? Oh, he was in um, smaller role, but he was in Rumblefish. Okay, he plays. Um, I mean, he's like the. Is he like a bad guy in that? I mean, he's the third guy in that at least because you got uh, Mickey Rourke and uh, Matt Dillon. Yeah, that's the powerhouse. I'm trying to think if he's like a bad guy in that. I don't know. It says he auditioned for The Outsiders, didn't get it, which is also a Coppola movie. Roll went to Matt Dillon, which is probably the right move. Um, yes, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know um, what he was thought of in the 80s. It's just like he was like a that guy kind of. Yeah, he was just a working actor. Yeah, that's it. He was just, you know, paying his dues. Mm making his bones, just putting the work in, and then obviously it ends up paying off, and he becomes... And he ends up doing, like, like National Treasure, which I've never seen, but, like, he did, he just cashed in with those movies. Like, sequels yeah. and shit, just cashed in. Yep. Ghost Rider, never saw that, but, I mean, another cash grab. Yeah, I don't think Ghost Rider is very good. <laughs> Probably not. I don't think National <laughs> Treasure is very good. <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, no, none of them are very good. Oh, well, I mean, ratings wise. Is this your favorite Nick Cage movie? Uh, probably not. I don't know my favorite one. I mean, I love The Rock. The Rock is really good. Probably The uh, Rock. I would probably pick. I've seen Face Off a million times, but I think The Rock, Stanley Goodspeed. He's just. 
It's a perfect pairing with him and Connery. Yeah. It's just the rock is just badass. Alcatraz and yeah. can't beat that. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's still working big t- big stuff like now. Um, What's he doing now? He's got a uh upcoming, he's got a movie that's supposed to be oh no, where is it? It's getting now. It's called Dream Scenario. It's like people around the world. I think it's like an author, a professor, or something. But he starts popping up in people's dreams all around the world for like no reason, unexplained reasons. Mm. Okay. Yeah, weird premise, but perfect, <laughs> perfect Nick Cage type stuff. Um, he's in a movie called Sympathy for the Devil, which I don't know. He's like a bad guy in that. He's in some western called The Old Way. These are all 2023 movies. Mm, okay. Uh, was Pig supposed to be that? I think I heard about this one. He was nominated for Pig Critics' Choice Movie Awards. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's why I heard. Yeah. But I don't know anything about that. That was last year, Pig. So he's still doing work, man. And uh, he's on this. He's in the, the Spider Man cartoon movies that are happened in the past few years. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's uh, all over the place. Yeah. I mean, his his career is obviously not what what it was, but like nobody stays on top forever. <clears throat> so, I mean, they don't make movies like that anymore, anyway. Like what? <laughs> no, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's unless he's going to be a superhero or something. Right, he's a spider. He's a Spider Man in a cartoon, which is fine. <laughs> and apparently, he had to step in on this movie and direct at times because the director was awful. Is that right? George Gallo is the okay. director. And apparently the movie, like, <laughs> like it just lacked direction. And, like, no one knew what the fuck they were doing. So Cage would have to step in and, like, direct scenes. That's fantastic. Yeah, so he, he may have saved this movie. That, thank God. Did this guy, George Gallo, actually, the director, also... So he wrote Midnight Run, which explains the connection to Bounty Hunter guy, Ashton. Okay. But he also directed that movie 29th Street with um, Danny Aiello and uh, Anthony LaPaglia. Yeah. Yeah. He directed that movie? Directed it. That's the only other movie I found that, like, you would know that George – well, let me do a quick scan, actually. It's the only one that was worthy of my notes. So, I think is you could watch that for free on YouTube. I think 29th Street is on. Uh, it's it's worth. It. it also might be a Christmas movie. I feel like I could picture snow and a Christmas tree at some point in that movie. I think you're right. And I'll just it all takes yellow. place. It all takes place in one night, doesn't it? It's flashbacks and shit. Oh, uh, maybe because yeah, I remember. I kind of remember summer scenes too. I kind of remember some ripoffs of. Well, I guess not ripoffs, but like a Bronx Tale type scenes um you know down on the corner that kind of shit yeah and a lot of i yellow just yelling i yellow being i yellow of course this and the the guy frank pesh who that movie's based on mm-hmm. is in trapped in paradise he's one of the he's the sidekick to the um to uh the the guys who break out of jail he's not the main guy the big guy he's oh the that's what it's based guy. on 
Yeah, Frank, and that's the name of Aiello's character. Yeah, yeah, Paglia, yeah. Frank Pesh Senior and Junior. Oh, and, he, oh, and he's in. He's yeah, and he's in the movie. Frank Pesh is in it. He's in Twenty Ninth Street and Trek yeah, yeah, Fair. yeah. Wow. So this is a little. I'm looking at the movie poster right now. Yeah, there's snow. He's throwing snowballs and shit in the air. I think it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, something happens. There's like a giveaway or something on Christmas Eve or something like that. There's like a lottery. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that. I mean, that's like a quintessential Aiello movie. Aiello did a lot of like B-level movies. Yeah, you, just like, movies that like a, a cult following of people have seen. Like, not a lot of people, not mainstream. Yeah, no, not a lot. He's, um, I, I think. He's a really talented actor, but I think he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, like in the business. So he kind of like hard to deal with. Was looked over. I think it was just. I don't think he was a jerk, but I don't think he, I don't think he like played, like played the game, like the Hollywood game. Didn't like kiss asses and shit. Didn't okay. Didn't rub palms. Held grudges. That kind of. I shit. could see that. I could see yeah. that. Yeah, which is which makes me like him even more. But I think his most famous movie has got to be Do the Right Thing. Oh, And then yeah. every, everything else, you're like, maybe you saw it. And if you didn't see it, like, okay, I'm sure he was good in it, but I don't know, even know where to find that movie. I don't – is it is it even printed someplace right now? Yeah. Well, Moonstruck. Moonstruck's a pretty big one. Moonstruck, yeah, Moonstruck, that's right. But, yeah, it's, I always think about that as Cher's movie, though. Well, yeah, it's on the cover for sure. Yeah. It's definitely a Cher movie. Like, uh, what's your favorite Aiello movie? Taking out it's, the it's, right thing. Yeah, see, I, I, <laughs> I'd I, have to dig deep for it. Like, I'd have to go to his Wikipedia to tell you. And I'm I'm assuming Godfather 2 doesn't count. No, no. Two and Once Upon a Time in America doesn't count. Uh, I have. I probably haven't seen all that. I'm going to go to it right now. I'm gonna go but, he's to his. But, he, but he's hysterical in Once Upon a Time in America. He's incredible, yeah. So I've seen Dinner Rush. Dinner Rush is Dinner Rush is my favorite. I've seen 29th Street. <laughs> <laughs> Moonstruck, I like it's blurry. I've I've seen bits and pieces. I don't know if I've ever seen it the whole way through. Moonstruck. It's a little much. Moonstruck. I'm not like a huge. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's a little I feel Watching like the whole Danny Aiello movie. I feel like everyone's Aiello in that movie, like the way they talk. <laughs> it's it's too much. <laughs> There's only room for one Aiello. Yeah, and then like the other the other movie, he was in the professional, Leon the Professional. I don't, I don't even remember that movie. Me neither. He was in City Hall. Is that a Pacino movie? I yeah, see, so, like yeah. I I think I've seen like five movies with DNA Aiello in it, but you love him because it's just who he is. Yeah. I think he like hates De Niro or hated De Niro. <laughs> is that right? I forget why, but he, he, he held a lot of grudges, Aiello. Hey, he did some theater here. He did, he had a bunch of like appearances on TV shows, like mostly like one offs, it looks like. Never like had us, you know series or anything uh yeah and i haven't seen any of his 
He hosted SNL. Who was the mute? What year did he host SNL? 96. Oh, and he, he hosted with Coolio. Coolio was a musical act. Wow. Match made in heaven. He did a mini series called The Last Don. Oh, yeah. It's a Mario Puzo book. Or, or the he did The Last Don, too, also. In the 90s, they're trying to capitalize on like Godfather. Yeah. Nostalgia. That's it for Aiello. I'd be uh, surprised. Have you seen any movie post the dinner rush or 2000 on? Wow. Lucky number Slevin. That's the only movie on here that I even recognize. Forget about scene. Uh, yeah, none of this is at all ringing a bell. <clears throat> no. Nope. Stiffs, Capone, Henry and me. Reach Me, Difficult People, Broken Dreams Boulevard, The Neighborhood. They were got 7.6, Little Italy. Oh, I think I actually heard of this movie, Little Italy. Watched the trailer and like had to burn my eyes. It's like a love oh, story. It's it's Little Italy. Yeah, it's bad. Um, not what you want from a movie named Little Italy. Um, let's see, The Neighborhood. Let's see this one. This this seems this seems like one of those half-assed Sopranos knockoffs. A brash group of hoodlums has been doing minor crime jobs in a neighborhood since they were kids, until they step on the wrong toes and get caught up in a war with an old-school mafia kingpin, and their lives soon become hell on earth. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound good. Wow, Daniello, John Ashton, Daniel Baldwin, Armand Desante. <laughs> Seems pretty great. Seems great. Seems like you're gonna get the thing with these movies are you get these big names and they're in like four scenes. Yeah. I mean, those are those are all big names that have been in shit. Like Armand Asante played Gotti. And to me, that's the Gotti. That's the Gotti movie, though. It is the Gotti movie. He was in he was an American gangster, which I think is a bigger movie. It is a bigger movie. Armand, oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's not his biggest movie, but no, no, no. The HBO but, uh, made for made for TV guy or whatever it is made for HBO Gotti. Have you ever seen the movie um, Pool Hall Junkies? Yeah, but I mean, it was a while ago, so so like Walken, Christopher Walken and uh, Chaz Palminteri are in that movie, and then a briefly, bunch of, and, and you're right, and a bunch of no names. And the no names dominate the screen time. There's actually a couple guys who end up going on to like that are still working today. Like, but you know that's they're, they're, they dominate the screen, and then Walken shows up, and all of a sudden it's a movie for like seven minutes, and then he goes away, and then a few minutes later, Palm and Terry shows up, and it's like, oh, this is a real movie, and he goes away, and it's like, oh, what is this bullshit? And then eventually they both meet, and it's like, oh, here's a real movie again, and then it's like at the end, it's just like, okay, well, that was kind of half of a movie. Um, I, I liked that movie when I was a kid. I saw it recently. I'm like, yeah, this is only worth seeing Walken, really. Because even Chaz is kind of just playing. Walken's got a little bit of Nick Cage in him where he just goes all in, whatever. Yeah, of course. And, and Chaz is kind of going through the motions. Yeah. Uh, but that's, like, that, uh... that's a lot of these movies are like that, where they'll have like, oh, look, Danny Yellow. But it'll be in like the beginning and maybe shows up at the end or something. 
Yeah. That's there's a few movies like that. They just try they try and drag you in with the big name. Yeah. You know, get you hooked. Yep. And then poof, gone. Now you're stuck with these no name losers. <laughs> I do like that uh when these guys first thing they do when they get out of prison is uh uh go and have a bud. That'd probably be my well, first drink out of prison. First thing they was go get ring dings and milk. True, ring dings and milk. Okay. That's before. Oh, okay, that is before. All right, first first alcoholic beverage. Yeah. Yeah, they're shrinking buds at their mom's house. And of course the mother had it ready for him. Yeah, she had it in the fridge. Great lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good ring. Ring dings a fucking good snack. Think so? Yeah. Ring yeah, dings ring dings like nice and solid. Like, yeah. Better than like a yodel. Not a big yodel. Yeah, yodel's a little bit flimsy. You get a little bit of a bite with the ring ding. Yeah, ring ding's like a burger. You know, it's a mm, that's a good. I need a ring ding now. Do you like? You're gonna, uh, you're gonna buy them, and they're gonna be like, I oh, they don't make them what they used to. They're, fucking, <laughs> they all they're seem, smaller. They always seem fucking smaller, man. <laughs> It's I'm pretty sure they do. I'm pretty sure candy bars might be a little smaller nowadays. Yeah, I'm sure of it. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I got bigger. I think the candy bars got smaller. Half inflation, half trying to be healthier. Probably 80, 90 percent inflation, ten percent saving. To- a, it's saving a buck. Nobody's trying to make you healthier. <laughs> I remember they used to. I remember one time they had. I don't remember what it was. If it was a Snickers or one of these things. Where it was like the low fat one, or like you know whatever you want to call it, healthier one, and all it was that you put them you put them side by side, and the healthier one was just smaller. Like, I think that may have been the only thing. This is less Snickers, less Pete. What's like? Yeah, how how do you do that? It doesn't make any sense. I'm using Snickers as an example. I don't remember what the candy bar was, but it was one of those one of those deals. But yeah, we I, I can go for a ring thing. <laughs> I just was clicking around, and there's a the priest in this movie is in the Billy Joel video. Billy Joel has terrible videos uh, for his songs, but he's in Keeping the Faith. And in that movie was Billy, obviously, Christy Brinkley, Joe Piscopo, mm. and Richard Pryor. What movies? This is Keeping the Faith, the music, the video for Keeping the Faith. And who's the um, who's the priest in this? Richard Shull, is that his name? Uh, yeah, I think so. One, two, three. Richard Shull, yeah. I was just thinking about Joe Piscopo the other day. I think because you, I heard a. Uh, it's his most famous uh, role, the Let's Go Mets video. <laughs> Piscopo. <laughs> He's. I talk about just like a. I want to see what the Wikipedia breakdown of his career was. Oh my God! You know what movie I think of when I think Joe Piscopo? And this is crazy. And I can't even think of the name of the movie. That's how bad it is. But it's not a bad movie. But that's how bad. Like thinking back on his career is. He was in a movie with Chuck Norris in the nineties. It was almost like a Karate Kid ripoff. I think Piscopo ran like a dojo, and he was like a bad guy, kind of. 
And Side I don't know kicks? where Chuck Norris. Uh, is that the name of it? Sidekicks with Bo Bridges and Jonathan Brandis. Yes, Bo Bridges is in that movie. <laughs> Danica McKellar. Chuck, Chuck Norris is wow. like the Miyagi. <laughs> A white Miyagi. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck. Oh, Chuck Norris plays himself. Okay. Oh, okay. That's fine. So sidekicks. Sidekicks seems like one of the man. I got the nineties. Like we we complain now about there's no originality. Yeah. But in the early nineties, everybody's trying to capitalize on the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, moves like sidekicks and like or three ninjas, just trying to capitalize on the popularity of the word ninja. That's it. And it's funny because I almost confused this movie with three ninjas. Yeah, I could see also. That. I similar, could, similar sort of deal. Three ninjas. I mean, this is very similar to the Karate Kid. It's I'm reading. Yeah. There, was, there was a local karate tournament. I mean, the only thing difference is this kid has asthma. Apparently, Jonathan Brandis. <laughs> yeah, give him asthma. So it is not a complete ripoff. I don't know that. Oh, any- oh, Chuck Norris was like invisible. Is his invisible friend maybe? Oh, so he's like the babe in the Sandlot. Yeah, but he's there for like the whole movie. <laughs> we got to take our break. We'll be right back, and we'll break down the cast of Three Ninjas. <laughs> Probably not. It won't take long. <laughs> All right. Well, if we're being honest, Three Ninjas did not last on. It was not a. Uh, movie that hung on in the memories of anybody but there oh. were two there were two sequels three ninjas kicked back in 94 which was marginally worse than the original three ninjas and one last ditch ever 95 three ninjas knuckle up knuckle up the um the one name out of three ninjas that i saw you won't know the name at but um one of the three, one of the three ninjas, Colt. Uh-huh. Colt was his name. Was uh, Tom Hanks's son in Apollo Thirteen? Wow, I He's don't remember what his son looked like. I remember what his wife looked like and his daughter looked like. I cannot picture the son. The son was just at school, and they kept they'd show him and everybody being worried around him at school, and then like at the end, she was relieved. That was all the acting you had to do. So like, look, we saw what you did in Three Ninjas. Don't want you to say shit. Just look nervous for the first 80% of the movie. And then for the last 20%, just look relieved. And that was so his son, his son was one of the three ninjas. His son was one of the three ninjas, yes. The leader. I think Colt was the leader. Oh, okay. Yeah, Colt sounds like a leader of a ninja group. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it does. He's the first ninja. If you were if if you were picking ninjas by their by the names, Colt would be first. Colt takes karate. Colt takes karate. Bottom line, absolutely. Colt. Oh no! Wait a second. Maybe he was not Colt. Oh no, he was Colt. Sorry. Yeah. The other guy. The other guy. One of the guys, Rocky, was only in two of the three ninjas, and one other movie as an extra. Now it's his career. Wow. So it's Rocky. And the other one, I think the little one, Tum Tum, doesn't even have it, doesn't even have his name on 
or his picture on here. Oh, wait a second. Tum Tum had made a little bit of work out of this. All right. So this is his third movie. And then uh, he was in an episode. He was in two episodes of Baywatch. Um, and he was in an episode of ER. Huge. And an episode of Step by Step. Oh man, it's a few heavy hitters there. Yeah, and then he called a called their career. How long did ER last? ER was on for a while. A long time. Yeah, ER. Jeez. A decade and a half, I feel like. Nineteen ninety four was when <clears throat> it started. Right. And Clooney was like a megastar by the time it went off the air. So I know it was like a while. You were absolutely right. A decade and a half. It was 2009. 15 years. Wow. Yep. Never seen an episode. Never watched five minutes of the show. I There was one season where I watched a little bit of this. I don't watch the whole thing, but whatever storyline was on, I, I was locked into for a, a couple yeah. of weeks. Big names in this in this in this show. Anthony Edwards, oh, yeah. Clooney, was... Julianne Margulies, Noah Wiley was huge Good in the nineties. Moore Tierney. Uh, I love Moore Tierney. There's a lot to love with Moore Tierney. Yeah. Mackay uh-huh. um, Pfeiffer. Uh, right. A lot. A lot of big names went through the the walls of. The doors of VR, rather. By the way, do you think Dana Carvey's career was hurt by Mike Myers just becoming like a megastar after Wayne's World? Like he followed Mike Myers followed up Wayne's World with Austin Powers. It's incredible. What like when was Wayne's World two ninety four? Same year as this. It sounds right. And Austin Powers is like ninety seven. That's insane. That was a gigantic movie. And then Shrek. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I mean, he just, he garfunkled Dana Carvey. Uh, I don't know. I think it was just more, uh, Carvey's great, but Mike Myers is a little more talented, I would say. Well, he, yeah, I just feel like Carvey's looking back and judging Carvey. It's like it was hurt by Mike Myers just being a, just a, Stud, yeah, but I don't know that Carvey's ever leading man anyway. No, he, he can't be leading man, he's just not. He's Dana Carvey, he's just, he's too much Dana Carvey. While Mike Myers, it's it's funny because Mike Myers is impressions, but you don't really think of him as Mike Myers, it's just Mike Myers being uh Scottish instead, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dana Carvey had a couple movies where he was the guy, but they just weren't good. What movies is he the guy in? Something Guru or something, right? No idea. Um, oh, Master of Disguise. I don't. That was not a great movie. From what what I'm seeing here, three point three on the Richter scale. Yeah. Um, was it? Uh, 2002. Wow, that was like after. Yeah, I mean, there's no way that was good. I forgot <clears throat> Dana Carvey's in this movie called Tough Guys. You ever, you ever see this movie? This is another one that was a little bit on cable for some time. No, I never saw Tough Guys. So Tough Guys is Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas. 
and this is 1986. So they're these guys are old. And classic Charles Durning shows up, probably as a cop. Eli Wallach is in this movie too, and Carvey's in it. Carvey's kind of the third guy in the movie. So Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas are retired criminal, like crooks, hoods. You're right. Oh, they're the last two guys to rob a train. And they're like, right, exactly. And they're like, they get out of prison. They're like, we're going to do it again. (laughs) Why? Why? Why not? There's no trains to really rob anymore, but they're going to do it. And uh, it's a little bit ridiculous. Uh, There's a scene where Kirk Douglas tries to go out and look young. He's like he's dressed like a goof, and it's a whole thing. It's terrible. Dana Carvey's like kind of the straight man. He's not really playing the <laughs> funny guy in this movie, mm-hmm. but it's a weird, it's a weird, weird movie from 1986. Wow. Yeah, yeah, not what I would expect to see Dana Carvey in. No, last hurrah for. Oh, Kirk Douglas is like a sex maniac in this movie. Oh, all right. He just wants to fuck. Who's that, Kirk Douglas? Yeah, runs in the family. It does. <laughs> it's fuck machines. <laughs> he's, just look- <laughs> he's just looking at younger tail man. He's like hitting on thirty. He's like seventy. He's hitting on thirty year olds the whole time. Well, it's got it's got out of the can. Yeah, give him a break. Yeah, give him a break. It's true. <clears throat> Kirk Douglas just died three years ago. So that young he was tail up there wasn't he like a hundred? Uh, he's 94. Oh, okay, 94. Damn, it's a run. Wait, no, sorry. I just assumed he was 104. Oh, I I knew he got to 100. Yeah. my Yeah, I just saw the six and the zero. I assumed he didn't make it to 100. I was like, oh, no way. He made it to 100. It's four. February 5th, 2020. I remember them wheeling wheel him out there at the Oscars once or twice. You know, he just looked like looked like he died three years prior. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Why I did that to the guy? He just we wanted to see what all the ladies were wearing. <laughs> Hundred and three. Man, what a run. And he died right before COVID hit. I mean COVID was here, but he died right before like pandemic shutdown. He was like, fuck this. I am seen I've seen enough. Great time to go. What a great time to go. You're 103. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was maybe the wrong thing to say. <laughs> and a lot of people did did go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Burt Lancaster, 94. Another another legend. A couple of legends of uh the silver screen. Mm-hmm. Um all right. Well, and we missed last week, week 14. Uh, it didn't record, and we didn't have a chance to uh, do our pick show. So week 14 is in history books is zero for zero. You remain two games over 500. I remain five, uh, 10 games under 500 with two ties. And we go in to week 15 as such. Uh, we're getting to the point of the season where a few – well, not really. It's generally part of the season where a few teams are kind of tanking. Now it's like the, the league seems kind of wide open. 
which is good for ratings. It's good for fans. Um, might be fooling themselves in some cases, but you know that's what being a fan is: fooling yourself and believing in the dream. Believing everyone's in, guys, in the hunt, right? Believing you're in the hunt. Believing in guys like believing that that Danny, uh, uh, Danny, Jesus, that Tommy DeVito uh, might be the next Tom Brady, which is insane. People were talking about that this week. Don't do mm-hmm. that. Don't talk about. It. Don't don't put that name in the same <laughs> sentence with Tom Brady. Just don't do this. Now we're not ready for that yet. Don't we're not ready for that. Will you worry about the Saints, please? Uh, but it's happening. That's what people are doing. That's what fans are doing. It's ridiculous. Um, hopefully, at some point, they stop treating Italians like cartoon characters. But that's a whole story for another day. In the meantime, we have three Saturday games. We have a Thursday game uh, before those. And uh, we are here to the holiday NFL games are coming up. So with that, I leave it to you. Give us your first pick. Week 15. All right. I'm going to skip right over that Thursday game because I don't even plan on turning it on. But I cannot resist Saturday football. I'll tell you that. Cannot resist. Love, love Saturday NFL football. One of my favorite, my favorite yearly traditions is when we get past Army Navy and we get to the NFL on Saturday. Triple header. And I am going to go to one of the games on Saturday. I'm going to go Pittsburgh, catching a point and a half on the road in Indy. As soon as you think the Steelers are dead is when they come back and win a game. You know, at home, uh, you know, big favorite against Arizona, big favorite against New England. They lay an egg. Two horrible losses to two win teams. Now it's Tomlin on the road. Everyone counting the Steelers out. Trubisky sucks, which he does. Um, But everyone counting the Steelers out. I think the defense goes out there and plays a big game in Indy. I think the Steelers manage to keep their season alive. I think they go into Indy and win the game outright. Pick number one, Pittsburgh plus a point and a half. All right, I'm staying on Saturday as well. I'm riding the team. There's like two like crossing philosophies of these two teams playing Saturday night. Um, one is that Denver continues to be a little bit underrated. And the two, Detroit, who I am a fan of, continues to be a little bit overrated. This is a four-point game. Detroit's favored by four at home. Uh, I, fe- I have a feeling that Denver's defense keeps them close. Goff has not been playing great recently. Turnover prone. Uh, they're a little bit shaky. They're just they're, they're not a team that wins by a lot when they win. They're a team that has fumbled as of late. Um, and I'm counting on Denver to stay close. I'm counting on Russell Wilson to manage the game properly, how he's been doing. Uh, turnover free football. Give me Denver on the road plus four. Broncos plus four Saturday night, prime time. Pick number two. This team technically did not cover last week. It depends when you bet them. If it was early in the week, they covered. Right before kickoff, they didn't. But I've been taking them every every week. I see no reason to jump off them. I'm laying the big number with the Niners, 12 and a half in Arizona. The Niners are just on another planet right now, just crushing teams. 
Debo's healthy. He had a monster game last week against Seattle. McCaffrey's healthy. Defense is clicking. Purdy looks good. He might win the MVP. Uh, listen, San Fran, I think they're going to run the table. Could they lose a game? I think they have the Ravens coming up on Christmas night. Um, but, I mean, this is just a free – it's not slowing down this week. I know it's a division game, but six degrees of the NFC West, everyone kicks the shit out of Arizona. Niners win. Niners win big. Fans are going to take over the stadium. Niners win by 20-plus. So, pick number two, Niners, minus 12 and a half. All right. Did I write this – oh, never mind. I'm on the wrong page. My mistake. Okay. Where did I go now? I got to find this one. All right. Uh, Sunday, 4 o'clock. No, Sunday at 8 o'clock, the Ravens visit Jacksonville. Ravens are three-point favorites here on the road. Jags are coming off a a loss to Cleveland. Um, Started out ugly, came back late, didn't finish off the comeback. And Baltimore's coming off a nice win themselves. Odell Beckham's resurgence. Uh, I I like Jacksonville here. Home dog in prime time. Jacksonville seems to play a little bit better at home. They, 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 our teams seem to play down a little bit in Jacksonville. I'm not sure what it is exactly, but I like the Jaguars here to kind of rebound. It's a tough. It's a tough one. Cleveland's defense is tough, um, but I'm going to bet uh, it's. Joe Flacco is a starter. I have a chance to bet against Flacco one more time. I'm going to do it. Uh, give me Jacksonville plus three on Sunday night. All right. Hey, one more game here. Let's see. All right. Pick number three. Going to 425. Probably the game of the day Sunday. Oh man, I, I fucked up, man. I was saying I, <laughs> I was looking at I was looking at last week's game and I looked at the Browns. It's not Joe Flacco. It is <laughs> it's it's obviously the Ravens and uh and Lamar Jackson. I was looking uh, at last did week. Did you I was say like, Joe Flacco? I didn't I, I did, I did. I was I had I have I have Baltimore Jackson on my paper and then I looked up on my screen where I have last week's game up and I saw the Browns and I was like, Yeah, fuck yeah, bet against Flacco. Uh, no, that's not, that's obviously not what I was talking about. Um, no, I'm still taking Jacksonville at, at home here, regardless, uh, regardless of the opponent is taking Jacksonville. All right. I'm going to Buffalo and I'm taking the bills laying two on uh Sunday, four Dallas, obviously coming off emotional win Sunday night. Bill's also emotional win, two emotional wins here. Um, I just think the Bills at home here, this is a tough spot for the Cowboys. It's going to be cold. You're going to see your breath in this game. Maybe we get some snow. Bills at home. Bills under jo- with Josh Allen as the quarterback have been incredible in December. I don't even know what the number is. I just know it's a good record. Bills have life now for the division. Uh, depending on what happens 1 o'clock between the Jets and Dolphins, they may even have more life. I just think uh, Dallas' winning streak is going to come to an end. I think it's a very close game. I don't see blowout. I think it's a close game, hard fought, but I'm you know, I'm getting less than a field goal here. Bills laying two. I think they win uh, Sunday, beat the Cowboys. All right. My final game, the Chiefs are headed to New England 
on a two-game losing streak. Got embarrassed by the Packers. Had a tough one where they're angry at everybody but themselves against the Bills. I head to New England. Belichick rumblings. He's on his way out. Are uh, lingering above the team here. I think Chiefs take some. I know it's in the road. I know it's. I know Chiefs don't cover, but New England stinks. I don't. I don't care. They are terrible. Kansas City takes it to them just out of anger, just to just piss on them one time, just just to get a couple weeks of frustration out. They won by two touchdowns in New England. Uh, give me KC minus seven and a half. And that's my final pick. I got KC minus seven and a half, Jacksonville plus three, Denver plus four. All right. I got uh, Steelers Saturday catching a point and a half. Bills laying two and the Niners laying 12 and a half. Big numbers up there. All right. Uh, Thursday night, Chargers, Raiders, Raiders favored by three. I mean, Herbert's out. Keenan Allen's out. I'll just take Vegas. Gotta take Vegas, Easton stick, and the Vegas 30, 34 and a half over or under. Disgusting. It might be 34 to nothing. So Raiders with like two offense with two defensive turnovers. Yeah, two, two it's, defensive not, it's not the lowest over under on the board. Minnesota, Minnesota, Cincinnati minus three on Saturday at one. Jake Browning's playing in this game. Jake Browning. I believe is playing for Cincy and um, uh, Minnesota's named a new starter as well. Uh, yeah, it? Nick Mullins Thank from you, the Mullins. Niners. Yeah, we'll be starting here in the middle of a little playoff push. First glance, I like the Bengals, but I kind of want to fade my brain here and go Minnesota. It feels a little too easy to take Cincinnati. Not high in Browning after last week's performance. I think a lot of people are high on Brian. That's why they yeah. get the full three treatment here. Yeah, I hear you. Pitt Indy talked about Saturday night, uh, Saturday afternoon, Denver, Detroit, Saturday night. We talked about KC. All right, let's do this. The Giants and the Jets. Yes. Both had the offensive player of the week this past week. Tommy yeah. D, Zach Wilson. I don't know what the odds were on that happening. Through the roof, I'm sure. I mean, not even going to, is going to this week. I'm sure they were huge. Where did you find out that they were the players of the week? I think I saw it was on Twitter. Oh, okay. Where did you find it out? I heard it on the fan, and then I saw it on Twitter, and I was just like, I don't know. It's my fault for listening to New York Sports Radio. Because it's like one of those things where I couldn't tell you any what, who won weeks one through 13. <laughs> so then I hear about it now, and I'm like, who, nobody gives a shit about this. No. It's just insane that these two guys, because Zach Wilson's much blind, and yeah. uh, Tommy D is, uh, I mean, oh, fucking everybody, the whole world loves chicken collards now. Yeah. Um, who, all right, Miami is playing the Jets, and the Dolphins are favored by eight and a half, even though Miami's struggled. The Jets, uh, the Giants are going to New Orleans, and New Orleans are favored by five and a half. So they're both underdogs. Uh, they're both on the road. Do either of these teams have a chance? To cover to either either of these chance either either of these teams have a chance to win outright. Who has the best? Chance? I like they both. They both. I I would say. I'll say they both have a chance to win outright. 
I would I would agree. The Saints suck. I I would I would agree. I think the I think the Jets have a good chance to cover. I would I would take the Saints though. I would take the Saints. Why is that? Because everyone's talking about the Giants and they're catching six. Yeah, which seems big for a team that everyone's talking about, and the Saints suck. I I I, this is probably well. I don't know. It depends on what the Saints' offense does. The Saints' offense stinks. They could just. This, the Saints are throwing offense. the ball around Derek Carr. They dump it. They dump it, and they, they, they are a terrible offense. Uh, they're not cohesive at all. They have like no big playability. They don't. They don't break plays. It's. I feel like anytime you see the New Orleans offense, they are on the wrong side of the field. Right. Not a team you want to lay six with, but that almost makes me like it. Yeah, I know. I just. Any other team was like I don't know if am I jaded by the Giants? Like if the if it wasn't the Giants, if another team was in this situation, I, I don't know what a comparison would be going down there. What if the Vikings a couple weeks ago um went down there and were five and a half point underdogs? And they're their little winning streak. Uh, I don't think the Vikings would be getting five and a half, though. The Vikings have had a better year. Mm, fair. The Vikings would be like a three-point dog, maybe two and a half. Okay, yeah. And I also turned on the fan today, and I heard uh, DeVito's father and uh, he's a plumber. What did you say about DeVito's father? He broke up for a second. What did you say about DeVito's father? He's got an ad on the fan now. It's his plumbing company. So good... I'm like, I'm like, I'm just had, I'm like, I already sick of the DeVitos. Fair enough. Well, you're the one who's asking for a reality show. Uh, <laughs> um, was it was the copy good or was it really like bad? It was just like Tommy, Tommy DeVito Sr. will clean your pipes. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Been doing it for 50 years. I don't know. It's Nothing good. Boilers. Nothing good though. All right. All right. Listen, they're cashing in on their 15 minutes. It's fine. It's fine. I don't know if I'd go about it this way, but it's fine. I would not go about it this way. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Acting like a buffoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, man. It's really tough. Everybody looks like a fucking cartoon character. The file looks like a cartoon character. The agent looks like a cartoon character. Shawnee Stalots from the neighborhood. Man. Somebody brought up he looked like uh, in Godfather 2. Yeah. The guy who goes to try and kill Hyman Roth. Put a pillow over him on New Year's yeah. Eve. That's an old guy, though, isn't it? Yeah. But the way he dressed. Yeah. With the hat. Yeah. Our old friend uh, from Poughkeepsie, one of our old friends from Poughkeepsie, texted me that. So many goddamn <laughs> texts about this fucking guy. But the agent this week. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh yeah, and are we doing the fucking like are we doing the emoji like this thing, <laughs> like, you know the like uh, you know, come on, do we have yeah. to? Do we have to do that? Do we have to? They have to. They brought it on themselves. I know it's so it's so it's so embarrassing. They brought it on themselves. It, it's anything, anything, anything else. Like, do you see Irish guys doing a fucking jig? I you know doing river dance when they score a touchdown. Yeah, like doing drinking fake bears, throwing back, 
No. Maybe. maybe. It'd be real bears, maybe. I don't mind flaunting the colors, you know, flags and stuff. I really don't, but it's don't don't lean into it like this, man. And don't don't act like a like a dummy. <laughs> well, they're from Jersey, right? There's no excuse. It is though. Yeah, no, you gotta know better. You don't have you don't have to you don't have to go about it this way. Like the father said, it was quoted. He was saying, like, oh, they want all the Italian shit. We'll give them all the Italian shit. Sausage, peppers, cabagool. Like, no, nobody fucking asked for it. Nobody wanted all this. Who asked you? Want for it. You wanted it. We're giving it to you. Nobody wanted it. And ESPN, we talked about the other day. Dun, 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 dun. Tommy DeVito on a heck of a run. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait till they play fucking Ital- uh, Dominic the Donkey on Sunday. Oh, right, for Christmas, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ almighty. Like, please. But, yeah. you know, here we are. Uh, anyway, I think Giants have a good chance to win it. <laughs> I think the thing with the Giants is, um, I'm not sure that the whole team is locked in and, like, believes, but winning changes the culture of a team Winning, you know, makes you believe more than you might have before, and and it and it does wonders for on the field when you have a quarterback that you're you're behind. And I'm not sure they're there. I don't know. I totally believe that they're there yet. Um, but it's a possibility. That's why I kind of like the Giants here. Right? The New Orleans, they don't have any faith in Carr, so none. Um, and I think the Jets probably cover Miami's struggles, uh, and their defense is hurting. It seems whole team's hurting. Uh, the, the injury report came out today and it was fucking absurd. Yeah. So I like the Jets cover that number there. We'll see. If Tyreek doesn't play, I don't think the Dolphins are going to win. That's, I, the Jets are still pretty bad. I mean, there's a roadmap to winning. Like yeah. Zach Wilson's the quarterback. You just score on defense, but like, I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball without Tyreek. So we'll see if he plays. Right, it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a, a blowout type victory. It would be, yeah, he had to win it twenty one to fourteen or something. Twenty one yeah, to ten. I don't, know. I don't know if they're scoring twenty one without Tyrese. <laughs> uh, Chicago visits Cleveland. Cleveland three point underdogs, three point favorites. Sorry, Chicago three point dogs. So now they're like three point home favorite, but I like the home team. Yeah, I don't love Chicago. Chicago just, I don't trust them. This spread, are they trapping us into taking Cleveland? I feel like this spread should be like, not big, but like three and a half, four. Why is it fucking three on the dot? The Browns are better than the Bears. What are we doing here? Yeah, well, Fields is a a name and he's playing, so I think people like that. But you're right, the, 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 the Cleveland defense is better. The team overall is better. But I think people, there's name recognition with Chicago that people could, people, like to bet a quote-unquote big-name quarterback because they think they have, they think they have. Oh, it's gonna be his game. Yeah. Um, in which, if that's what you believe with Justin Fields, then you deserve to lose because the guy turns the ball over more than he completes passes. So, right. If you put him in a close game, he's not gonna go down the field and score. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't think you're tricked. In, I don't think I don't think you're being tricked into taking Cleveland. I think Cleveland is the only play. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely only play. Atlanta, three-point favorites at Carolina. This one, they're definitely laying a trap for Atlanta. Um, do I take Carolina here? 
Oof. I mean, they have one win. Are they going to go one and 16? Maybe. Probably. Take my chances with Atlanta, I guess. Uh, Ritter threw an awful interception on Sunday. It was so bad. Uh, his, no, his stat line ended up looking good, but he turns the ball over constantly. I'll still take Atlanta only because I think Carolina is on the unbettable list right now. That's, yeah, agreed. Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Green Bay, three and a half point favorites. Green Bay come off their loss. Tampa come off a win. This is one of those situations where, like, if you want to be taken serious, the reason Rodgers lost a little bit of his allure the last few years is because he was losing games, playoff games in January. Last year, you know, Detroit Week 18. Like, this is a game where... Last few years, you mean like the last 15 years? Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, if this is a game where if you're the if you're the Green Bay Packers... I think it wasn't that long ago. Let's get a weather report real quick. This is a game where if you're the Green Bay Packers, it's not going to be that cold. It's a high of 40. Still, still, I don't care. It's December. It's Lambeau. It's going to be in the 30s. It's a game you have to beat. The Tampa Bay Bucks. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll take Green Bay. I'll take Green Bay. Okay. I think I kind of agree with you there. I don't really love Tampa. I don't have Tampa on the road. And yeah. Green Bay, and Green Bay just kind of took a dip back. Yeah, that half is a little scary. NFC but... South is just gonna like they're just gonna win, lose, win, lose the whole fucking Fair. season. Fair. <laughs> Houston goes to Tennessee. Tennessee. Our three-point favorites. I mean, Stroud's not playing, right? Is Stroud officially out? I think I did see that in past, but I don't know if it was official. When he gets ruled out officially, this is going to go higher, I think, right? I don't know. I think you have to take... Well, it says he gave an encouraging update on CJ Stroud today. Didn't practice today. So this is one of those gambles within a gamble. Because if you take, if you bet this game now, let's say you want to take Tennessee and lay the two and a half. Then Stroud gets three. Okay, it's three. three. So you take Tennessee laying three. Stroud on Friday gets ruled out. I'm pretty sure this game goes past three. I don't know who, um, see if I can get a Texans depth chart here. But it's not C.J. Stroud is the bottom line. Uh, let's see. Who's going to be their quarterback? Davis Mills. Mm, I don't know. Uh, but then if you take the Titans laying three today and C.J. Stroud gets announced as the starter, then it's probably going to go down. So it's a gamble within a gamble right now. Mm. You don't know who's playing quarterback for the Texans yet, yeah. so bet at tough, your own risk. Tough to make the call on Wednesday. Yeah, Washington and the Rams. Rams are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Are the Rams going to like play down to their competition? God, yeah, I don't know, man. They're they're such a weird team. Like This seems like six-and-a-half is too big, though. I, I, I hate Washington, Washington on the road. Six-and-a-half just seems too big for the Rams. But then they could they could. Did Washington them. play last week, or were they on a bye? Um, Washington was on a bye last week. So they got beat by the Dolphins. That's the last we saw of them. I, yeah. I, 
this is another game that feels like a trap. I'm I'm taking the Rams though. I don't I can't take Washington. Ron Rivera just he's dead coach walking. He's packed. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I just it's an ugly game. I guess the only way Washington covers, I think, is if, if it's like a shootout. I think they're gonna have to mm. score some points, which Howell can't yeah. do. He can light it up a little bit. I think the Rams are gonna score some points though against this Washington defense. Is the Rams is the Rams D good enough to to slow down or not slow down, but like break hell? Mm. But I don't know. I don't know if their D has been really I think it's been a couple of years since their D was like that. So even if even the Rams get up big, Washington has comeback potential. I kind of like Washington. Yeah, I kind of make sure like Washington then. Yeah, back door will probably be open in this game. Okay. San Fran, AZ, we picked. Dallas Buffalo was picked. Baltimore Jacksonville was picked. Last game, Philadelphia favored by four at Seattle on <clears throat> Monday night. I mean, this is a test for Philly. Like, you really got to – you really got to write the ship here. Because I think – this is the toughest game Philly has left. I know they got the Giants twice and uh, Tommy Cutlets, but like I expect Philly to beat the Giants when they play them. And they have the Cardinals at home. So like this is the only game I feel like Philly has standing in their way from like really running the table. And I think Dallas is going to lose a game at some point. So like this is this game could really win the win the division for Philly. Mm-hmm. Laying four in Seattle prime time. This is a Drew Locke game. Like nobody's healthy in this league. It's fucking outrageous. It's <laughs> yeah, outrageous. It is. it is. It is crazy. The the injured the injuries this year. I can't even like give a straight because I'm like who's playing quarterback. Who's... <laughs> uh, yeah, you just take the better team here. <laughs> I love a primetime home underdog, but I'm not taking Drew Locke. I'll take Philly. <laughs> I'll take Philly. <laughs> yeah, you gotta take Philly, man. I just they are the class of the NFC in Seattle. Seattle was feisty with uh Gino, and then Gino took a step back and he got hurt, and now it's Drew Locke. And yes. uh we can't rely on Drew Locke. My advice this week, and I'll leave the listeners with this be careful betting the favorites this week because they mm. all look good. <laughs> they, they yes. a lot of them look good. Yes, I hope everybody hung on to the end to hear that. And <laughs> they shut it off like, oh, that's it. <laughs> oh, I'm taking Philly. <laughs> <laughs> Click. <laughs> buyer beware. The friend, the buyer beware. It's fine for the end. <clears throat> All right. Well, that's gonna do it for Sunday. Poor. We are through for the for the uh, for the show. A little early Wednesday show this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for spending the time with us. As always, we appreciate it. And what do you got, my man? Good show. Everyone have a good weekend. Enjoy Thursday night football. <laughs> Enjoy that triple header on Saturday. And uh, football Sunday. We're in full force, full steam ahead till, till Christmas. Uh, we'll talk to you Monday, Eagles, Seahawks. Until then, peace. You do what you do. I do what I do. You do what you do.